This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Welcome back to another Macam in the Middle podcast with a 100% win ratio so far. Three games and three wins. Sunderland were back at home last night facing a Fleetwood Town side in a game that ended in a very comfortable 2-0 win. And Jack Dodds and John are here to talk about the game with me. You're both doing well? Bass, mate. Great. after last night. Yeah, buzzing. And John, another win, another clean sheet, another McGeady assist. Only thing missing last night was a customary Charlie White goal. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but we'll, uh, you know, we've been saying we can't, we can't have it all on Mike. Um, and he, he did have a quiet game. To be fair, we didn't really, didn't really use him. But to his, to his credit, we didn't, we didn't really need him. Which, you mm. know, maybe gave him a little bit of a week off. And nice to see the uh, midfielders, um, if you class O'Brien as a midfielder for for last night. Yeah, it's nice to see them chipping up, which is what we've been asking for. Yeah. And Jack, one of the things that we've talked about since we even dropped into League One is the inability to beat certain teams. You know, we hadn't beaten Burton in four years before Saturday. Um, never beaten Fleetwood, I don't think, in League One. Well, no. obviously, we beat Burton 3 0, beat Fleetwood 2 0. Is there any team in this league you don't think we can beat while we're playing like this? Definitely not, mate. Like, obviously, certain teams have been able to get one over on us. I've been Burton, Fleetwood. There's probably another couple in there that I've missed. Um, but you know, we're starting to beat these teams now, and I, you know, I, I don't think any team's immune to getting beat because there's always a, a way to beat them. Having said that, I do think that Fleetwood being managed by Simon Grace and not Joey Barton yeah. did help us. I think that that was probably more of an aid than people realise. Fleetwood are in the worst form probably they've been in since we came down in the League One, really. Mm. Um, you know, excluding potentially maybe the first season, I'm not entirely sure, but you know, they're not not in form at the moment and you know I mean it was evident last night they didn't even get a shot on target so a really yeah. good time to play them um, but as I say I think I think them being managed by Grayson and not Barton helped more than maybe it appears to have, uh, yeah. to have done and John obviously one of the stats going around Twitter was the fact that Simon Grayson still never won at the stadium right um, and to a lot of people that probably wouldn't sound too bad but when you tell them that he was actually Sunderland manager for five months, five, six months, it sounds even worse. But what do you think the big difference was with a Joey Barton Fleetwood side to the side that we played yesterday? Um, I think a, a team like Fleetwood, they're not, you know, I don't think they're the greatest team in the world, but, you know, they're sort of an average League One team. And then if you add, you know, the Joey Barton to Sunderland sort of wind-up connection, you know, if you get an extra sort of 10, 15% out of those players and we're, and we're perhaps not on it, um, or we let it affect us, which we have done in the past. And I think that's when, you know, you, you start to see the cracks appearing in our performance. But it was nice, like you say, last night. Um, I, don't think they, I don't think they came near us, really. And, you know, it was, it was a good professional performance against them. I'm probably a little bit worried with, um, you know, the Bristol Rovers game coming up and Mr Barton. But um, hopefully this is 
the, the club's in a in a place now where we you know we can actually turn up with a bit of swagger and and sort of put these teams to the sword finally. Yeah. Um, another change yesterday, obviously, was the stream. Um, Kivel, Dreyfus and the club in general invested in a multi-camera stream. And it just seems a lot more professional than when you're watching the, you know, the Aquinton streams, the Shrewsbury streams. You know, it's good to be the best at something for the first time, as Danny said as well. And it's never going to be the same as when you're in the stadium, Jack, but things like that do go a long way, don't they? Yeah, exactly, mate. Like, as I say, it's never going to replicate that experience of being in the stadium. But with watching the games on the streams, they're just like, it's not as I say. It's never going to be the same experience on a stream, but it just it added the experience a little bit having multiple cameras. It, you know, it's a small thing to pick up on, but it was just a bit more pleasurable to watch the match. Um, yeah. It's small of a thing, and it isn't as daft and insignificant as a lot of people might think it is. It it, it just it just I don't know the, the it just made it a little bit nicer to watch the match, and obviously yeah. it's completely non-football related, but it it, it did it especially when we kind of actually be in the stadium. Anything you can do to make it slightly better just just adds to that experience. And as you say, it did feel a lot more professional in it. it you know, it felt like we were watching a game that maybe isn't just quite League One because you know the mm-hmm. most teams just have the one camera. It just yeah, it just it added that little bit something which you know maybe I'm making a big deal out of it. Like, but uh, no, it, it was it was a it was a, it was a nice thing um, to to just add, as you say, added the experience is, is pretty hard to sum it up. Yeah, um, we'll look at the team that did start the game for Sunderland. Obviously, Lee Burge started in goal, a back three of Conor McLaughlin, Dion Sanderson, and Luke O'Neill. Midfield was Lyndon Gooch, Max Power, Grant Ledbetter, and Callum McFadden, with a front three of O'Brien, White, and Aidan McGeady. And John, just the one change. Obviously, McFadden came in for Falcons. Um, it's the same system, back three, Gooch playing as a almost as a wing back, I suppose. Can you see this being the favourite system going forward, even when everyone is fit? Um, I'm I'm not sure. I think um, <clears throat> with the, with the players we got, uh, I think if Bailey Wright and Sanderson come back in, I think it will will go back to a, a flat back four. Uh, might give us a little bit more protection, even though you know we were fairly well protected um, last night. But at least it's nice to say, like um, you know, that Johnson, we've got the flexibility to change the system. Do you know what I mean? Jack Russell, you know, was a bit rigid with it, and Parkinson was obviously quite rigid as well, and. It's nice to see that bit of flexibility, do you know what I mean? So we can, yeah. everyone was worried with, with the Burton game about, you know, um, the formation. And, and Danny Collins rightly said, you know, sometimes formation is just, it's just a thing. Do you know what I mean? It's it's how those players perform in that in that um, formation. So it's it's nice to see the flexibility going forward. And I think we can, you know, we can suit every single game coming forward. Because obviously we're not going to be able to play this throughout the whole season, I don't think. And there's going to have to be, yeah. you know, room for change. Yeah. Well, as always, three o'clock, game got underway, um, and neither side really looked like doing anything. The first half was one of the most anti-football and halves of football I've probably seen this season. Um, and Jack, the longer the game goes on without a goal or even a clear-cut chance, you do start to think it could just be one of those days, don't you? Well, someone left a comment on our live stream actually, and they said, um, said that like if someone gets a goal, they'll win this game, and I think. As the second half got underway and progressed, I thought if either side get nicks a goal here, then they have completely won the game. It just I, I I don't know I don't even know if I would say anti football. I would just say it was it was it was quite a scrappy game though. It was scrappy. It wasn't really much going, and, and both teams I think struggled to really create any chances. Um, and then we eventually obviously you know we kept plugging away and we got ours. 
And then I think from there, only, to, only one team is going to win it because if Fleetwood couldn't yeah. manage to create a chance in however many minutes it was at 0 0, when we've got the advantage of being a goal up, you know, they, they were never going to get back in that game. I mean, they didn't even have a shot on target. Yeah, I don't think they had a shot in the game, did they? Not even on target. I don't even think they had a single wow. shot. Whoa. Um, but Max Power had an effort in the first half. Um, I think Aidan McGeady had one as well, but neither really tested the keeper. First half ended 0 0, John. Last few weeks we've started the games well, we've got an early goal, but yesterday it just took us a lot longer to get going. Do you think that's just purely down to the fact we are playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday? I think there's a game, obviously there's a game coming up on a Wednesday soon. Do you think it is down to the amount of games or do you think yesterday was just a, you know, a, I want to say a bad day, we've still won 2-0, but in terms of the performance in the first half especially? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think we've got the consistency yet to play at, you know, play of of true game sort of for 90 minutes um it's nice to see us a little bit rigid um three games but yeah the games are coming thick and fast and i think obviously we took the semi-final seriously um right or wrongly um it's up for anyone else to decide um but obviously we put a strong team out for that so we've played you know relentlessly now for sort of four or five weeks and we're playing the same you know we're starting the same players um i'd like I'd maybe like to see it you know changed up a little bit um you know we haven't got a um, a change for White because obviously Stewart's injured um, at the moment. Um, he's obviously not too sure on on Jordan Jones at the minute because you'd maybe swap him out for McGeady for you know for seventy minutes and then obviously bring McGeady on if we're if we're struggling. Diamond can go the other side. He's not really not really fancied him. So you'd you'd expect maybe in the next ten days. You know we've got three three games coming up. You'd expect to see I think some changes um, just to obviously give you know give them a break because we have got you know the games are. I think they're even going to come even thicker and faster um, going forward, and we're going to need we're going to need everyone. Um, you know, it's going to be a real a real squad game, as much as a cliche as that is. Yeah, um, I've just double checked the stats from last night's game just to be sure. Fleetwood didn't have a shot in Whoa. the whole game. He had one corner and Grayson Ball didn't even get far enough up the pitch to get an offside given against them. That was an interesting one. But the second half got underway. Um, Started to move the ball a lot quicker, looked more of a threat. 15 minutes in, got the reward. McGeady, once again, he had a very quiet game yesterday, but he received the ball on the left. He's floated the ball in the middle. O'Brien was at the back post. He's headed it past, um, I think it's Alex Cairns. I don't know if I've made that first name up. But, um, Jack, O'Brien comes in for a lot of criticism, sometimes rightfully, sometimes not. But he's now scoring goals. He's putting the work with in. As long as that continues, is there any reason he shouldn't be starting for us? Well, Aidan O'Brien's a player who I've defended quite a lot, um, especially under Lee Johnson. Uh, especially under Lee Johnson. Don't get us wrong, in the Parkinson, I didn't really see much in him. Um, but under Johnson, I think he's actually been somewhat, and this might be a slight exaggeration, but of an unsung, unsung hero. Mm. Um, I know White scored four against Don Aston. O'Brien wasn't even playing that game. But if you look back at a lot of Charlie White's goals, a lot of them have came from O'Brien doing something. Um, the one against Ipswich, he held the ball quite well, laid it off the max power. Uh, there was another one Mike scored. Might have been, might have been Shrewsbury. I'm not going to comment on exact goals, but I think O'Brien's often involved in the build-up. But at yeah. the very least, I think what O'Brien does do is he he takes responsibility off White by dropping deep in particular and coming out wide, you know, chasing after the ball, winning it back, and getting us moving again. And previously, and I think especially in the Parkinson, a lot of the time that was White's job. And White wasn't very central in the Parkinson quite a lot because he would end up having to come wide to pick the ball up come deep and try and get in the midfield and get an attack going. But I think O'Brien does that quite well. Um, and look, obviously, a lot of criticism has been that he has main score on goals. But I always thought, well, if White can be our goal scorer and O'Brien can 
kind of facilitate that happening by, as I say, dropping out wide, linking up, coming deep, winning the ball back, getting attacks moving. And that allows White to just kind of float in and around the areas he's going to, as, as Johnson would call the poor more, like the areas he's going to score a goal. Yeah. Then that's a partnership that can work. The only criticism of that would be, well, then, you know, White can't score every game. O'Brien is going to have to chip in with a few. And interestingly enough, a few weeks ago when I was writing about this, um, I actually noticed that he quadrupled his goal tally within the space of a month. He went from one to four goals within the space of a month. Mm. Um, and obviously, he got one last night. I can't remember exactly when that was. It was a few weeks back. I can go find it a bit later on. But um, he, as I say, he, he, um, he, he is starting to get a few goals now. And I think, to me, O'Brien's more important in the team to allow White to score more goals. If he can just yeah. chip in with the odd couple here and there, then I, I I don't know if he guarantees to start all the time, but he's certainly a valuable squad member. I think there are players in the squad who add a little bit more than him, especially going well, yeah, especially going forward. But I think he's certainly a valuable squad member, and to me, he definitely he definitely earns the odd the, the odd the odd game here and there, and definitely earns minutes somewhere. His place in the squad is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. Before we did score a goal, Johnson was going to make a few changes, but obviously when you do score a goal. You do kind of delay that, but he did eventually make the changes. He made three: um, Jordan Jones, Chris Maguire, and Carl Winchester all coming on. Maguire came on, made an instant impact, got an assist. Um, Sunderland won the corner. Maguire swung a ball at the back post for power to head at Cairns, who essentially spilled it in the net. Um, and John, again, we've stopped the short corners. We're getting the ball in the box. We're getting goals from it. It's that simple, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's something we must have worked on. Um, it's I wouldn't have said Fleetwood covered themselves in glory with um, the defending, sort of letting Max Power sort of run around the back and uh, Keeper sort of fumbled it in. But you know, we've finally we've got a you know we've got to bring that to our game. If if you know if the target is you know automatic promotion, then you know we've got to be scoring goals from every every single thing. It's it's nice to see a simple a simple goal, you know, but effective. You know, literally just a whip ball from Maguire, who's who's been out of it. Um, so it'd be nice for him to get an assist, um, and then the captain pops up with, you know, essentially what what kills the game off, and you know we can sort of cruise the rest of it. So yeah, things things are massively going in the right direction. Yeah, and John, just again, you know, Jack said there, we've said it in before on a podcast, and um, I think Danny said it as well. It was becoming a worry that Charlie White was getting the goals, getting the only goals I should say. Um, but he had a quiet game yesterday. He wasn't really involved at all. Um, Again, I think you said it was before the podcast started. I don't think you had a shot. Um, but we've scored twice in the game where our striker hasn't actually played a part in it. We've won the game. You know, it's promising that we are moving away from relying on that that one player to get the goals. Yeah, of course. You know, we can't we can't rely on him. He'll probably be a little bit disappointed with his performance, but that might, you know, sort of almost be a kick up his own backside to on Saturday think, well, you know, I need to... I need to put put maybe a bit more in and, and get on the end of stuff because he didn't. It's not like he had three or four chances and you know he missed them. He wasn't he wasn't really in it at all. I don't think one one ball in the box went near him. Um, and it was looking a little bit frustrating, but he probably doesn't probably get the credit as he should. Um, as as uh, Jack was saying that I think he took took one of the defenders out for for Aidan O'Brien to have a good run onto McGeady's cross. So you know with yeah. the two of them up there, and I wasn't. O'Brien's biggest fan last night, but White probably did off the ball, um, and obviously create, created the goal was maybe as, as much as McGeady did. So you know he's got, we've got that there. But like I say, we we don't always have to rely on him, and it's good to see the others stepping up now. Yeah, 
Um, well, the game did finish 2-0, and it was a win that took Sunderland up to fifth, and it was an even bigger win um, after the 90 minutes, considering both Lincoln and Hull did drop points. Um, we are eight points from top still, seven points from automatic, Jack. Um, you know, considering how many fans wrote, wrote the season off a few weeks ago, it's still a very doable task to aim for the top two coming into the season. Oh, completely and entirely. I mean, <laughs> I've kind of predicted us for, for the last kind of few weeks, Monster has gone. I think I've always thought we'd get in the playoffs, you know, probably sitting at yeah. fourth or fifth. But now I, I do generally have a belief that there's no reason why we can't get in the top two. I think what we've got to do to get that is just show some consistency because teams in League One always drop points. Like we've seen it. Look at our first season in, in League One. There was, I think, Peterborough started at top of the league, then they completely fell off. Portsmouth then took over, they completely fell off. And then obviously Luton yeah. went on to the very end. But Look at Barnsley and Charlton in that first season. They, they drop points. Teams when they go on, especially at the top, they'll always drop points and go on bad runs. If we can be the team that has that 10 to 15 game consistent run, which I genuinely think we could be starting now of winning most of your games. And when you do draw, you know, if you, you've, you've done well to get a draw and um, not, nothing much more you could have done as opposed to chucking the game away, which we tend to be quite poor to do. And then I think there's absolutely no reason why we can't finish in that top two. Um, it, it, as I say, if we if we put a consistent run together, because we, we do we do seem to have like little little like oh the odd game here and there we have a great performance and we completely drop off again, but we're starting to put I mean obviously three league three league wins and um the the Lincoln semi final that's four yeah. good good performances in a row now if we can just do that more and more and more the confidence one builds the form builds you show that consistency you get points nailed on the board you start to climb the table because other teams can't do it in League One. Teams at the top of League One always drop points. If we can be the team that doesn't, which we are just just about starting to show that we can, maybe I feel as if we could be on the start of that run. I don't think there's any reason why we can't finish in the top two this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, a few things from Twitter that a few people said, um, and there was one that I wanted to focus on in particular that I will get to. But um, Reese was saying that we are going up Derby Day next season, which would be an interesting one. Um, John, resilience, strong defensively, professionally won, hoping these recent results are defining for the season. Um, and one of the ones that I wanted to talk a little bit about, John, was someone who says, proven that we can beat teams who play to draw. And that's been one of the mm. things that have held back Sunderland over the last two seasons, however long we've been in League One now for. Um, but a lot of teams come to the stadium light, they'll set up, they'll time waste. You know, they don't want to win the game. They can they see the game as if they get a point, you know, that that's three points in their mind. But we're now breaking teams down that, you know, two, three, maybe four months ago, we wouldn't actually have been able to break down. Yes, um, I, I saw someone, I can't remember who said it, but um, a few few days ago, and it was, um, why why would we play so defensive, you know, with, with the amount of attack, attacking talent that we've got? Um, let's be honest, we are... You know, a lot more attacking than we were under the previous manager. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was he was quite um, hell bent on keeping clean sheets, but you know, we'd, we'd struggle to score, struggle to break those teams down. It was um, one where they described them quite well, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And then obviously last night. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so last night, I think it was probably a prime example. That, you know, their keeper was sort of just walking to get the ball and playing with socks and. It was, it was driving me crazy a little bit because um, I was thinking, you know, if if these teams did come up here and played football, they probably yeah. would do all right against us, but but they don't. So now we need to, that's why we need to be a little bit more sort of relentless in attacking, which I think Johnson is. 
Um, and and prime example is is Burton on on Saturday. Do you know what I mean? We smash in the early goal. It gives us a little bit of freedom, you know, the yeah, and the confidence to just play our game as opposed to right. We we need to go hell for leather and win this. And I think we pushed for the second goal yesterday. And obviously, once we got it, we you know, even though they didn't really threaten us throughout the night, but you're always, you know, we know we like to give the one or two chances, and normally a team would score. But you know, the stats from last night, regardless of you know who their manager is, I thought we we dealt with it really well. And if as long as you score, and obviously we're we're getting twos and threes now as opposed to just ones, you know, I think the the emphasis that Johnson's gone with is you know we have got that attack in the tent. You know what I mean? And even with McGeady coming off, I thought. Um, Jones was probably just as good, you know, if not maybe not even a bit better going forward than McGeady was last night. So we've got we've got those options that other people don't have, and that's you know that's the squad that we need to use. And I think that's you know one of the things that maybe Johnson's been told, you know, you need to use them. As soon as he came in, it was you know before he got the job, he'd phone McGeady and say, look, you you know you're going to come back and play and back in the squad for me. And it's do you know what I mean? It's it's a no brainer um, for me. So yeah, it's definitely it's definitely on the uh, on the way up with Johnson. Certainly is. Um, we will move at the player ratings very quickly. Um, they burst starting goal. Don't think he well, Fleetwood didn't have a shot. He had nothing to do the whole game. Um, he had one corner. I'm not sure what happened with that corner. I don't know whether he came out or clicked or not. But again, six out of ten. Give him a lot of sixes. So John, for you. Yeah, I've gone for six. I thought. Yeah, he's. He's had a bad tweet that said he basically had the night yeah. off, didn't he? To be fair. Um, his passing at the back's back's okay. Uh, my wife keeps arguing that because he didn't have anything to do, he should get a ten. So we've had that debate. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else I can say to her. But yeah, I've gone. I've gone for six. That she's probably going to kill me for. <laughs> Jack Field. Um, it's an awkward one, really, isn't it? Because as I say, he didn't have anything to do all night. Um, I would just say six as well. You know, totally say ten because he technically had a perfect performance, but then like he didn't have anything to yeah. do. So I, I've gone for six as well. Um, Conor McLaughlin started once again as part of the back three on the right of the three. Comfortable at the back, drove forward with the ball whenever he could. Um, when, again, won his fair share of headers. Definitely looks like he is capable in that position, so I'll give him an eight, John. Yeah, I thought he was... I've, got, I've gone for seven. I thought he was He was good. Uh, he got a very, very good touch, um, which I was quite impressed about, and I was thinking about that, and then he literally went and lost one with his touch, so... Um, I was shutting my mouth quickly, but yeah, I think I think he's doing very well in there, very solid, and um, part of that part of that back three is doing really well. So yeah, I've gone with seven. Yeah. Jack Field. Yeah, I go with seven as well. He was very solid, and he was uh, good in the ball as well. You know, he didn't just defend. I just think he's really, really suited to playing as a centre back in a back three, especially on the right hand side. So a, a very solid performance. I'll go with seven as well. Um, Dion Sanderson was next. Obviously, he started in the middle of the back three. And he has been linked with a permanent move to Sunderland, although I'm not sure how likely that would be, given he has just signed a new contract with Wolves. But performance yesterday, again, solid in the air, comfortable at the back, um, draw forward with the ball whenever he could. Probably the best of the three defenders, but again, I've, I've given him an eight. Can't fault him there, John. Yeah, I've gone for eight as well. I thought he was superb last night. Um, you know, for such a young lad, he is a really, really good leader back there. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't scared of having him having him at all in there. Yeah, absolutely brilliant last night. Eight. Jack Field. Yeah, he was my man of the match. He was absolutely solid last night. Um, led the defence surprisingly well. Nothing really got past him. I would give him an eight. I would give him higher if Fleet would challenge us more. Um, but yeah, an eight because he was he was he was absolutely superb again last night. Yeah. 
Um, Nugo Nyan made up the back three, and I think my favourite part of the game was when Nugo Nyan did it completely unnecessary diving header um, back to Lee Burge. But again, kept things simple, held his position, decided to promote himself to free kick duty, which didn't necessarily pay off. But I want to give him an 8 out of 10 again, kept a clean sheet. Fleetwood never looked like getting forward, so I think it's only right to give all defenders an 8. So, John? Yeah, I've gone for eight as well. I thought he was very good. Um, I was actually impressed with his uh, diving header back to the keeper, saves him running. Um, but yeah, he was he's looking he's looking good back there, isn't he? Which is going to be a tough call when you know the actual centre backs do actually come back and uh, are fit. Yeah, um, Jack, for you, look one Um I want to give him an eight, but I said Sanderson was man of the match, and I've given him an eight. So I think everyone's got to get slightly <laughs> less than that. But um, I'd say seven. I mean, I remember a point in the game when I think he won three headers in about 10 seconds. He's just so athletic. He's not even the tallest, but yeah, he's he's really he's really fitting into that left centre-back role and he's, he was just an absolute brick wall um, as, as, as the left part of the three. But as all, all, all the back three were, were fantastic last night. So yeah, he gets seven from me. Yeah. Um, and then kept his place at right wing-back or right midfield, however you want to look at it. Um, and it's possibly a harsh one, but you know he was a lot of running, didn't really create anything when he got the ball. Um, at least not that I can remember. Had a good chance to get a goal, uh, similar to the one where McGeady played him through. Um, I'm not sure who that was actually against. I think that was the one where White scored four. But he hit it straight at Cairns. I've, I've given him a five out of ten, but I'm thinking that's a bit harsh. I'm going to knock it up to a six. John? Yeah, I've gone for a six. I, th- I thought he was okay. I thought he was industrious and not everything came off. I would have liked him to have scored. Um, but I've when you actually watch it back um, on the highlights for a different angle, the keeper actually makes a really good save. Um, mm. But he's got to start tucking them away. But yeah, I'll give him a six. He's he, he done okay. And Jack, for you? Yeah, I'll give him a six as well. He was um, worked, worked hard. and He didn't look too bad going forward, but he gave the ball away a couple of times in the final third. He wasn't particularly creative. A um, little bit missing, but he wasn't too bad. So I'll give him a six as well. Yep. And moving to the midfield... The centre midfield, I should say. Max Power kept his place, um, kept the ball moving well, contributed to our attacks going forward. Um, as I touched on a bit earlier, had the only real effort on goal um, in the first half. They did bounce just wide. With good awareness, good position for his header, got the goal, won the game. So I'll give him an 8 out of 10, John. Who's that Power? Max Power. Max Power, yeah, I've, I've actually gone with a high 8 as opposed to a low 8. Um, I thought he was. I thought he was the best player on the pitch last night. I thought he was really good, and I, I put that down to sort of an all-round thing because um, I've been. He's very energetic in the middle, and he's, he seems to be hitting the player that um, you know we thought we'd signed. You know, before the red card sort of yeah. seemed to seem to shuffle in uh, and gets the goal as well. Um, I've been. Um, I've had the ump with him a little bit. Uh, re, sort of a few weeks ago for not I haven't seen him sort of rallying the team and kicking people at the backside and it was it's nice to see the last few weeks he is you know he's proper getting stuck into everyone I'm you know I saw him tour uh, McFadden a new one because he sort of passed out wide and it happens all the time McFadden sort of a yard behind and it goes out of play and Max Power absolutely let him have it do you know what I mean instead of just yeah. saying oh you know next one come on you know literally you know we need we need those standards to to stay, and I think I think last night he was he was the reason uh, he was the reason that we won. I think, and obviously the goal, open up the goal. We uh, we can't argue with that. So yeah, I'll give him an eight. Yep. Jack for you. Um, he's been one of the most improved players under Lee Johnson, hasn't he? Especially in centre midfield, looks a completely different player. 
I would like to give him an eight, but just to say with his given Sanders an eight and giving him man of the match, I give him a really, really high seven. But yeah, he was he was one of the, one of the other players who I was thinking man of the match because he was superb last night, just just controlled the midfield impeccably. Yeah, and um, alongside Max was Grant Edbeder, and you know again he's one of the players that I do say the same thing about every week. But first half very slow on the ball, took one of the worst free kicks I think I've ever seen. Um, I'm not entirely sure what he's doing with that free kick. He just seemed there. I, 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 I don't even know how to describe it, but it was definitely the worst free kick I've ever seen as a Sunderland fan. But second half, um, moved the ball a bit quicker. Um, and again, when you go 1 0 up or you go 2 0 up, Grant Ledbetter is the perfect player to have in that midfield because he will control the ball, he will play them simple passes, and he'll just calm the team down, will keep the ball. I've went with a six out of ten based on the full game. Um, I think it was more of a five in the first half and a seven in the second. So I suppose I'll go down the middle and go with a six, John. Yeah, same went for six. Um, I thought he was uh, he was okay. There was a few times he get the ball away stupidly, but he's you know that's that happens unfortunately. But I thought especially the second half, um, especially after we scored, I thought he was very neat and tidy at just keeping the ball at the right time, at the right ball. You know, really used his experience, and I was. I was really impressed with that. So yeah, probably probably slightly harsh six, but yeah, six. Yeah. And Jack Field. Yeah, I'll reiterate everything everyone said. Really, like he grew into the game, calmed the game down really well when we took the lead. Um, I'll give him a six. I don't think he was quite on the same level as Power, but again, you know, it was it was an all right performance. I say he, he he grew into the game as it went. It wasn't out, it wasn't outstanding, but I think he's um his kind of slowness, I guess, in the first half kind of was eradicated by by how well he controlled the game in the second half. So I'll give it a six as well. Yeah. Um, moving on to the last midfielder or wing back, depending again how you look at it. Callum McFadden came in, although I think he started last game anyway. But obviously, there's him and Jake Wogan's fit. Denver Hume still out and injured. Um, and no idea how far he is away from being fit. But I always compare the left back situation that we have this season with the goalkeeping situation we had in the Championship. You know, I think we've got three left backs, and to decide which one's better than who, I think it's very difficult because I don't think any of them are particularly good. But Miscontrolled the ball quite a lot in the first half. Similar to Ledbetter's free kick. One of the worst crosses in the box I've ever seen that went nowhere near the goal and went straight off a goal kick. Second half, he was a bit better. Defensively, he was a bit, bit, bit better. So I've given him a... Oh, I, I said five, but I'll go with a six again. Similar to Gooch. John, I'll start with you. Yeah, I've gone with six as well. Uh, defensively, I thought he was, it was okay. But again, he wasn't wasn't really really tested um won a few headers i was quite surprised about but going forward um you know sort of a complete waste of time really i really do think that hume would probably flourish um in this system you know as a wing back um so we're quite unlucky that he's he's not around at the minute but yeah it was standard mcfadson performance really so yeah six for me (laughs) jack for you yeah mcfadson yeah, defensively wasn't really challenged at all, so you can't really comment, you know. But if he had been, you know, we probably would have known where it went. Really, uh, going forward, didn't didn't really offer anything. I actually read this morning that apparently he gave the ball away twenty three times. Um, <laughs> just didn't do anything for us. I don't think Vaughan's by any means has been great since he's came in, but I think with his performance against Burton, I wouldn't have dropped him myself. Uh, McFadden, I'm actually going to give him a five. But I think if Fleet would have actually done anything going forward, that could have significantly uh, dropped. Yeah. Uh, moving on to front three, Ian McGeady. Again, being one of the most important players in the team since Lee Johnson arrived. But yesterday, didn't really have much involvement in the game. 
Um, but again, you know, giving the ball once and he can create something out of it, and that's exactly what he did. Got a great ball in for O'Brien's header, but as I said, that was his only involvement in the game. He was wasteful in possession at times, and it's another frustrating performance, but another assist, that's what he's in the team to do. So I'll give, I'll give him a six as well, John. Uh, I've gone for seven. Um, I thought, yeah, the assist, I think, gives it, um, just bumps it up a little bit. I thought he was okay, tried things. Obviously, not everything's going to come off. Um, Decision-making, especially first half, was was not great at all. Um, it was sort of detriment to us. Um, but you're going to, you know, we're sometimes going to have that, those uh, type of games. You know, one game is going to, you know, have an absolute storm and the next, it might be a little bit frustrating. Um, plenty of bodies around him. Always, always seem to have two men on him. Um, so it was a little bit frustrating, but he found found the bit of magic we needed and a bit of quality that we've got. So yeah, I'll give him a seven. Yeah, Jack for you. Um, I think McGady grew into the game. First half, I don't think he got on the ball much. Second half, as you say, you know, he got that one time where he was able to swing the cross into O'Brien, and it was it was a pinpoint delivery, really exactly where it needed to be. Um, I'll give him a very very high six. I wouldn't quite put him on a seven as a similar on the same level as some of the players I put as a seven. Um, that's unfortunate because you know I don't really want to criticise him at all, um, and I don't think he had a bad game by any means. I just think he was quite quiet until he got his assist, yeah. but then his assist changed the game. Really, so you got to give him credit for that. So uh, I'll give him a very very high six. Yeah. Um, Aidan O'Brien started on the other side, um, worked hard, took the goal very well, um, and that was it really. Good performance in general. So I'll give him a seven, John. Yeah, I've gone with seven. I think the first half I wasn't that impressed. Um... And then sort of early second half, um, I was just about to put a tweet out that said, you know, it's a waste of a shirt tonight. <laughs> Literally, as I thought about pressing the tweet button, um, he rose like a salmon and smashed one in and rammed those words down my throat. So long may that continue to, you know, to prove me wrong. So, you know, that's what he's in the team, you know, to do, to add to goals and help help Wyke. And yeah, he, he you know, he, he delivered on that. So I've, I probably would have... You know, I would have given him a six if he hadn't scored, but I'll give him a seven for, you know, the finish. Yeah. Jack, for you? Oh, I'd say I disagree. I, think he, I do think he was, um, he contributed certainly up, up, uh, before he got his goal. I thought he uh, he worked quite hard. And there were a lot of things I was touching on earlier about O'Brien. I think they were present again in his game yesterday. Not to the same extent, but I think he still did drop deep, work hard, um, link up the player. And I think his goal kind of topped it off. To me, I think I would give him give him quite a high high seven. I would say I like, uh, give him quite a high seven because I wouldn't want to put him on this, as against on the same the level same, same level as I gave some of the people. I got a seven, but um, he didn't touch Deion Sanderson, so I, I would give him a, a high seven. I thought he uh, I thought he had a, I thought he had a, quite a decent game last night. And his, his goal um, similar to McGeady with the assist just kind of took him up that notch. Yeah, set the precedent very early with that Sanderson rating, didn't you? Yes, I did. I maybe just give him a nine instead. <laughs> uh, moving on to the last player was Charlie Wyke and as I've said a couple of times through this podcast it's had little impact on the game at all didn't have any chances I don't think to get a goal but we got the ball up to him a few times he didn't really hold it up as well as he can so I've, I've given him a five John yeah I've gone with the same um, it was fairly anonymous during the game probably marshalled quite well by, by their defenders we didn't really find him hold up play sort of non-existent but you know the form he's been in we can maybe afford to give him you know one week off and like I said earlier he did he did make the run which which created a bit of space for for O'Brien so maybe slightly harsh on the market but yeah I've gone for five but I'm not you know not too worried because you'd expect at the weekend to to sort of you know bang in a couple of goals anyway yeah and Jack for you 
Uh, maybe I'm looking at this through slightly rose-tinted glasses, but I wouldn't say he was completely anonymous, but maybe that's because of how good he's been in recent weeks, and I, I just don't want to yeah. admit it. But um, I think I'll give him a six. I'll, I'll nudge him slightly higher, because uh, as much as he didn't really do much in the game, I don't think he was too bad. Maybe if he'd had a little bit more to work from, he would have probably got his goal in the end. And as you say, he did have a, a part to play in O'Brien's goal. So I'll nudge him up ever so slightly, and I'll give him a six. Yeah. Um, and Jack went for Dion Sanderson as man of the match. John, who are you going with? Uh, I went with power. I thought he was. I thought it was just all round uh, good captain's performance, and obviously the goal um, at the right time as well helped us win the game. But yeah, um, Sanderson wasn't. Even though Sanderson was quality, um, I don't think he was tested um, too much. I've probably been a bit harsh on him there, but I just thought <laughs> power, power, just, just for me, just, just edged it. Yeah, I think I put a tweet out because I wasn't sure who to give it in the match report. I think I got ten different answers out of the eleven players that did it. So. Something like that. I think the only one that didn't get mentioned was um, Lee Burge. I've seen a few mentioned McFadzine. I think everyone was mentioned apart from Lee Burge. So, kind of. I think I went with power in the match report in the end, but purely because of what people said on Twitter. I think it was a bit. I think it was a bit more. I think it was a bit. I think it was a bit more of a maybe a team performance. Yeah, uh, definitely. As opposed to you know the the individual, which you know we don't always. We don't always see. It's easy to go. Oh, he he was amazing, or he or he stood. You know, when White scores four or McGinn scores, do you know what I mean? It was more the mm. whole system worked, yeah. the whole of the players, and it was it was sort of an all round performance. Which you know, long may that continue as well. Yeah, I mean, think of the number of six and sevens we've given in in, in this play ratings. Ads. I think it's exactly right. Where kind of every, everyone just had a, a decent game. Obviously, I would kind of take McFadden out. That I don't think he was on everyone else's level, but everyone just kind of did their bit and did their job. And, we kind of got there in the end, just kept talking away. I don't think anyone had a particularly outstanding game, aside from probably the three lads at the back who dealt with everything they had. But yeah, yeah. It, it team performance, it's, it's hard to pick out individuals that could have probably went, could have probably went with about five different candidates for man of the match, really. Yeah. I think it's always a good thing as well, if it's hard to pick a man of the match, because it does oh, yeah, show that the whole team did play well. But well, our next game is Crew on Saturday. Um, I'm not entirely sure what the score was last time we played them, but I know it was a one close game. Then. Was it 1-0, was it? I think, I think yeah, it was when... The cross came in and everyone thought White had scored, but it was an own goal, I believe. I yes, it was. Yes, I remember that one. Um, but Crew were a good team, albeit, you know, they're not a team that you'd expect to trouble Sunderland, but I'd imagine they will. They do play a lot of good football. Um, so, John, I'll start with you for your predictions for that one. Uh, I think we will win. And I think it will be... I'll just go with another nice routine 2-0. It doesn't always happen, you know. We've won three games in a row. Let's have routine, let's have a four. Let's let's keep going. Keep up with the, uh, you know, the momentum and the magic carpet ride we're on at the moment. Jack, for you, score prediction. Yeah, again, two nil. I know. I mean, I I, I said in a little review last night that I, I, we kind of touched on crew, and I went, oh, I think the knee at the bottom, and a couple of people were like, no, they're in eleventh. Or the mid table or something, but you know, teams like Crew Alexander, we should just be sweeping aside, and especially with the with the form we're on now, we should only be really looking at teams in the top six to challenge us at all. I think we really teams were up there challenging mm. promotion. So you back us to win this all the way. I think it'll be another kind of fairly routine dispatch them. Um, and as as I predicted the last time, I'll go with a two 0 win, and hopefully that one's right again. Hopefully, and the next thing we'll do, and the last thing we'll be do is the lineup. For the Fan Hub app, which is coming out very soon, I think, if you are on the early access. If you're not, 
look through our Twitter and there is a link where you can join and you'll get early access to the app. But John, you can make the first decision. The formation you think will go with, bearing in mind, I think Tom Flanagan is back. So there's another centre-half option. I think Ross Stewart is back. Um, when I say back, he's never actually been here at all. But first of all, the formation you think will go with. Um, I actually watched Lee Johnson's press conference uh, just before I came on it, and I know that Ross Stewart and Flanagan are still a week away, so still a week they away, won't. Yeah, he came out and said it earlier. Um, so I think we're still going to go with the with the three four three. I think. And are you making any changes to the goalkeeping position? No, because Lee Burge was man of the match with a ten, according to my wife. So <laughs> he can stay in goal, can't he? <laughs> yeah, can. And Jack, for you, the first of three centre halves, you think will start. Going um, off John's information, we do only have three players who can play there. And if yeah. he is wrong and cost me points on this leaderboard once again, I'll not be happy. Um, well, I think Johnson said in his press conference, and I, 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 I went. And, well, there was an article on SFC.com that I read, and I think he, he from from what I can remember, he didn't seem too keen on the idea of throwing Flanagan straight in. Um, yeah, I think, we'll go with the same, I think we'll go with the same three centre-halves, but to be honest, the same would be doing really well together, so it shouldn't be a problem at all. Yeah. You agree with that one, John? Unai and Sanderson and Conor McLaughlin? Yeah, I think it will. Yeah, he definitely said that Flanagan's still another week away, um, as is Stuart, and he said because the team's playing so well, yeah, you're, not really, said, yeah. you're not really in any rush to, to get anyone back in, so yeah, you would have thought it's the same, and it's working. You know, it's not like we're struggling, it is really working, so... I do wonder if we'll see Jamali by the end of the season because obviously he was ruled out for the season, but that's before the season stopped and the COVID. He did actually, he did actually mention him as well and said, "Oh, that's long term." Might um, come back for like a week or something. <laughs> yeah. And come and lift the league title with us at the last game of the season, I'm sure. Uh, medal, Possibly that wouldn't be the best thing, would it? Same with Wash Stewart; he might not never play for us. Could be the next Declan John for you. Yeah, the John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the midfield, John, you can pick the first one. Um, yeah, we'll let you decide whichever midfield you want. Right midfield, left, centre. Uh, let's want. have. We'll have Max Power in there, shall we? Oh, he's yeah. too Max Power, captain. captain. Saying captain. that tomorrow, And next one, Jack. Um. I think I'll I think I'll stick with Gooch on the right. I'm just trying to dodge centre mid, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't I can't really see see him putting anyone else there. Obviously, the obvious option would be or nine Conor McLaughlin, but I think they'll be at the back. So yeah, I think Gooch probably stay out there on, on the right of the floor. Yeah. Next one, John. Yeah, I don't think he's going to take Ledbetter out. I think he's he's a shoe in at the minute, isn't he? So he's going to play. Grant and Ledbetter and Jack, who's going to start on the left? Oh, Vaughan and McFadden probably. He might, he might go with Vaughan's, you know, because I, I know, I know some people have thought McFadden had a good game, and, and that's fair enough. Thought he was all right, but I think Vaughan's had his best game in the Sun against Burton Albion, and that doesn't say much, but uh, you know, it was signs of improvement. So I would like to see Vaughan's come in, but uh, hard to predict, really. Um, for, for prediction, I think, I think I predict, I think he'll, he'll, he'll keep with McFadden, but I would like to see Vaughan's come back in. McFadden, right. And John, first of three attackers. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say first of two attackers, but including Charlie White. I don't think anyone's gonna disagree with that. So I think no, I'd rather play him anyway. Yeah, I <laughs> still, still think he's gonna go. I still think he's gonna go with uh, Aiden O'Brien. 
especially away from home. And they play football, don't they? So he's going to use him, you know, for the press, which is what he likes. He, he does like Aidan O'Brien, I think. Sure, Mitchell. <laughs> and Jack, for you, Aidan McGeady, is he getting dropped anytime soon? As Danny nah. said the last time I asked him, is he going back to the under 23s? Nah, I think he's, the, he's probably the most important player on the team at the moment, really. Uh, I don't think you can drop him. I think Jordan Jones has been brilliant, but I think maybe he might have to kind of bide his time just getting on for 20, 30 minutes towards the end, especially if the game's already won and you can take McGeady off. So I think they'll stick with McGeady. He's the most important player on the team, in my opinion. The team we've went with is unchanged, I think, isn't it? From wow. Yeah, I think so. Nice to see. Sanderson, Gooch Power, Ledbetter, McFadzine, although Jack wants some organs to start, and I think I'd agree with that. And Aidan O'Brien, Charlie White, and Aidan McGeady. Well, three, I do four, think three. Three, four, three. Well, three, four, one. Didn't we, didn't we say that before the Burton game, though, that it was, you know, we went with a team and it was totally different, wasn't it? And we were all like, oh, my God, what's happening? So you never yeah, know but we had loads of injuries. Friday, so. yeah, that's what I mean. Thursday, Friday, and draining is normally for us is you know a bit of a shitstorm, and then it's yeah, you know Charlie White's going to be on the left wing, and you know it's all panic stations. I think I think I think Al likes to change up this. I think Johnson likes to change it up. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see him like literally go four four two. Like it wouldn't surprise us if he did. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I think we should, but he's that type of manager. I think likes to keep things fresh. So honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he like completely flipped it on its head. But um, now we're rolling back the Parkinson days three four three. Don't change the team, aren't we? It certainly is. We've got a cup final soon as well. Three, three weeks, I think that is, isn't it? Three weeks. Is it four weeks? I think it's two weeks on Sunday, is it? Three weeks Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting. If it is played on that day, of course, I think Tranmere did request it to get pushed back but I think Sunderland are selling them virtual tickets now aren't they so I don't know whether Sunderland will agree to that but I think more important I think we've got Portsmouth the week before on Sky as well we seem to be on Sky a lot recently we're playing total football (laughs) it is isn't it (laughs) Lee Johnson ball obviously the Lincoln game was on Sky the Portsmouth game the there was another game before the Lincoln game we're on Sky every other week now long may that continue but that is all we have time for today. Jack and John, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having us on, mate. It was good. We will be back again on Sunday to talk about the Quill Alexandra game. That's all, folks.